He wants to be. Let's turn in our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter number 5. Deuteronomy chapter number 5. The children of Israel are nearing the end of their wilderness journey. And at the beginning of that journey, God gave the children of Israel the Ten Commandments. Oh, what happened there? Pardon me? Did they change it from upstairs? Oh, well, praise the Lord. That would have been a dark service. I don't think anybody would have seen their Bibles except, I don't even know if I would have seen my Bible. Okay. Well, that's exciting. And Pardon me? Wow. Okay. Well, let's get some Bible reading done quickly here before, before I... My iPad has lights, or my, my Surface here has lights, so I'll be able to see that. So, but let's start here in Deuteronomy chapter 5. The title of the message this morning is, What Should We Do With the Commandments of God? What Should We Do With the Commandments of God? As the song just communicated to us, if he's our Lord, then every commandment of God should be of utmost importance in our life. Let's look at um, Deuteronomy 5 and verse 1. And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that ye may learn them and keep and do them. And the Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. And the Lord made not this covenant with our, our fathers, but with us, even us, who are all of us here alive this day. The Lord talked with you face to face in the mount, out of the midst of the fire. I stood between the Lord and you at that time to show you the word of the Lord, for ye were afraid by reason of the fire, and went not up into the mount, saying, This is what God said. Here are his commandments. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, and from the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the waters beneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. God doesn't want us using his word as a swear word. God doesn't want us using his word, his name as an exclamation. The term OMG, that is not a God-honoring term. Um, God doesn't want us 
um, using Jesus' name as a swear word. God wants us to reverence his name. He is the creator and God of the universe. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it as the Lord thy God commanded thee. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thine ox, nor thine ass, nor any of thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates, that thy manservant and thy maidservant may rest as well as thou. And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out from thence through a mighty hand, and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. Honor thy father and thy mother, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged, and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, neither shalt thou commit adultery, neither shalt thou steal, neither shalt thou bear false witness against thy neighbor, neither shalt thou desire thy neighbor's wife, neither shalt thou covet thy neighbor's house, his field, or his manservant, or his maidservant, his ox, or his ass, or anything that is thy neighbor's. These words the Lord spake unto your assembly in the mount, out of the midst of the fire of the cloud, and of the thick darkness with a great voice. And he added no more. And he wrote them in two tables of stone, and delivered them unto me. Now go down to chapter 6 and verse 1. Now these are the commandments the statutes and judgments which the Lord God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, that thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it, might be, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord the God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the commandments that you've given in your word. Lord, we thank you 
that they show us our sinfulness and they point us to salvation in Jesus Christ. And Lord, they are a means of protection. They're a a means of um, expressing our faith. Um, they're, They're a means of receiving blessings from you. And Lord, may we have um, the right attitude and the right pursuit of your commandments. Lord, I pray your commandments would draw people to Christ, that they would um, point people to their need of Christ. And Lord, as Christians, that we would seek to obey your commandments. Lord, please bless this message in Jesus' name. Amen. The law, first and foremost in the New Testament age, is God's tool to bring us to Christ so that we can be forgiven. In Galatians 3 and verse 24, the Bible reads, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster, that we might be justified by faith. You see, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 7, concerning the law, the apostle Paul wrote in Romans 7 and verse 7, Who, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay or no. I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. The law reveals a desire in the hearts of humanity for something other than God. In in Colossians, the Bible says that the sin of idolatry is as the sin of covetousness. And so the lust of the human heart for things other than God. It is, a, it is a, a reminder of our sin nature. And it says in verse 8, But sin, taking by occasion by commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. It shows us the lusts of our heart. You know, one of the commandments, Thou shalt not commit adultery. We live in a... We live in a um, We live in a world that is seeking to fulfill its um, sexual desires and often lawlessly, often outside the boundaries of God's created purpose for sex. And so the law, it just shines on the heart of humanity, our sinfulness, Um, the fact that we are under the judgment of God. Um, the commandment, which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. When, that, when, that, when the commandments were given, they were, they were given as a means of blessing. And when we keep God's commandments, we do receive the blessings of God. But when, that, when, we, when, our, when we look into God's law, when our heart looks into God's law, What shines back is how many times we've broken God's law. You know, one of those commandments is, Thou shalt not bear false witness. 
Thou shalt not lie. When we look into God's law, it shows us that we're, that we're liars, that we've lied against God. Um, thou shalt not kill. Jesus said if we hate somebody without a cause, it's just like murder. You see, the law of God just shines on our heart. Um, in verse 11, um, Romans 7, 11, For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Was then that which good made, un made death unto me? God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin, working death in me, by, by which is good, that sin by commandment might become exceeding sinful. The primary purpose of God's law in this New Testament age is to show the exceeding sinfulness of our sin. The Bible reads in Romans chapter 3, it says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. God wants us to be guilty. He, God wants us to feel that guilt before his law. That is... That is the purpose of God's law. It, the Bible tells us also in Romans 3 and verse 20 that this law provides no means to be justified. Sometimes you'll ask someone, do you think you're going to heaven? Or do you believe you'll go to heaven when you die? And sometimes the response will be, I think I will. And the follow-up question is, why do you think you will? And sometimes the answer will be, because I keep the Ten Commandments. Now, striving to keep the Ten Commandments is a noble cause. It will make you a better person. But striving to keep the Ten Commandments will not forgive your sins. It will not pay the penalty of your sins. Um, the Bible says in Romans 3.20, By the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The, by, by doing the laws. You know, if, if you decide today from, from now until I die, I'm never going to break one of God's laws. It would not co cover. It would not atone for, would not pay for the sins that you've already committed. There's no life in the law. There's no forgiveness in the law. Um, justification, being made right with God, having our sins covered, uh, it is a free gift that Jesus provides through his sacrifice. In Romans 3, 24, it says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Justified freely by his grace. 
Justification is a free gift given by God, paid for by the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. When Jesus died on that cross, the Bible tells us he died for our sins. And not only did he die for our sins, he was buried for our sins and he rose again. And through his sacrifice, we can have remission of sins. You see, that sacrifice satisfies the holy demands of God. God's holy demand is the wages of sin is death. Death is the penalty for sin. And the Bible says that the penalty for our sin is eternal death, separated from God in a place called hell forever. That is the payment for sin. That's the only way that you can pay for your sins. But Jesus Christ is the propitiation for your sins. He is, he is the one who satisfies the holy demands of God. And he wants to give you forgiveness. He wants to give you new life. He wants to give you um, um, salvation. It's a free gift. Galatians 3.24 again. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. This, the law was our schoolmaster that he might, uh, schoolmaster, bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Do you see your guilt this morning? Do you see the judgment that is upon you? Well, but do you see this morning that there is a way out of this judgment? It's through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Your sin is real. Judgment is certain, and Jesus is the only solution to be saved. It's why Jesus sent his disciples out with this message in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. He said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Repent of your sin and trust Jesus as your Savior. Turn from your sin and turn to Jesus Christ for, for salvation. Agree with God that you are a wicked sinner and turn to him for the forgiveness found only in Jesus. Only in Jesus. You must turn to Christ. He is the Lord. He is the creator. He is the Savior. He is the only way to be saved. Turn to him and be saved from hell and turn to him and let him change your life. That is the primary purpose of God's law. But how should, how should we as Christians receive God's law? How should we receive God's law? In the book of 1 John, the Bible says that sin is the transgression of the law. Sin is breaking God's law. And as Christians, um, look with me at Romans chapter 6. God doesn't want us sinning. He doesn't want us sinning. 
He wants us to have a high regard for the laws of God. When we talk about God's laws for the Christian, we are not talking about Old Testament laws that were clearly disannulled in the New Testament. Circumcision was a law of the Old Testament that it's very clearly not required in the New, in the New Testament. Um, the, the laws of the Sabbath, although we de derive great principles from those laws, we're not under the strict confines of those laws as New Testament Christians. Um, dietary laws, they, they provide great insight and guidance, but we are, not, we are not under those laws in the New Testament. And then there are laws that were given to Israel as a society that had to be carried out by those in leadership and by government. And we, we, we are not under a theocracy in Canada. So there's laws in the Old Testament that we cannot fulfill. You know, capital punishment is a law in the Old Testament, but it's not a law that we as Christians can perform. That is a law that the government must um, enact and must um, let's carry through. Um, but, but we are referring to all the laws that enable us to express love to God and express love to our neighbor. And we are referring to every law the New Testament teaches. The New Testament laws are often, um, they're often much higher and they're on a higher plane than the Old Testament laws. Um, one such example of, of, of the New Testament quoting the importance of the Old Testament laws. Look, look at Romans chapter 13 and verse number 18. No, no, Romans chapter 13 and verse number 8. Romans 13 and verse number 8. While you're turning there, I, 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 in Romans 6, Paul said this, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any more therein? Shall we continue in sin as New Testament Christians? What is sin? Sin is the transgression of the law. Does it matter? Um, should we be concerned about God's laws? Yes, we should be concerned about them. Because God wants us living like him. God wants us following him. God, doesn't, God wants us to have a high regard towards his laws and towards his word. Um, look at um, Romans 13 and verse number 8. It says, Oh, no man, anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. What a high standard that God sets for us to love one another. And we notice that these laws, you know, most of the Old Testament laws were prohibitionary. 
In other words, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. The New Testament laws are more positive in nature. Um, love, love is an action. Love is a determination. And a violation of that love is, is seen in breaking God's commandments. Look at verse 9. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covenant. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And so when we read about God's law, God's laws continue in the New Testament and they are an expression of love to God and an expression of love towards our neighbor. And according to Romans chapter 6, because we were crucified with Christ, because Christ rose from the dead, it is possible for us as Christians to obey God's laws. We have the power of the gospel. We have the power of resurrected life. And we can obey God's laws. Um, look with me at Romans chapter 8 and verse 4. Romans chapter 8 and verse 4. Speaking of those that have been saved and those that have been indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, it says in verse number four that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. The Christian life isn't a life of living any old way you want. No, the Christian life is a life of following God's laws, following God's commandments, empowered by the Spirit of God, um, working out in our life God's righteousness. And so we, we, we have this power of the gospel in us. We have the Holy Spirit. And these laws are, are ours to seek. They are ours to keep. And I, I, just want, I just want you to go back to the book of Deuteronomy, um, chapter 5 and 6. And I just want to answer this question. What, are, what should we do with the commandments of God? What should we do with the commandments of God? Well, I think we need to read the, the Old Testament and the New Testament to discern the laws that God wants us to follow. The laws that he wants to, us to set our hearts on. The laws that he wants us to obey. And so we need to be learning God's laws. We need to be learning God's commandments. Um, keep your hand there in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Um, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. 
God teaches us here that we express our love to God by our obedience to his commandments. We express our love to God by our obedience to his commandments. Um, look at 1 John 5 and verse 2. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. This is the love of God. It's very important. If we're going to love our neighbor, and if we're going to love our God, to know his commandments so that we can love in an effective way. Love isn't a feeling, first and foremost. Love is an action of obedience towards God and towards others. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments, this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. So here back in Deuteronomy, we notice in verse number one of chapter five, it says, And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that ye may learn them. Learn them. We need to be learning God's commandments. We need to be in our Bibles daily. We need to be in the house of the Lord. Folks, there are many voices in this world that are proclaiming things that go against God's word. It's, 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 um, it's, it's just a, a barrage of satanic and ungodly and wicked philosophies that are going through our airwaves and going through our phones. And folks, the only thing that can keep us centered on what is right is by learning God's word. Learning God's word. I'm excited about so many people taking the, um, the biblical creationism um, FBI course starting tomorrow night because it's, you're, you're going to have great biblical and scientific information that will that will strengthen your faith in the word of God and the God of the Bible. And we live in a world that just assumes we're billions and billions of years old and we're here by accident. And we can do and we can live any old way we want to live. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we were created and that we are responsible to a creator. And the Bible... Um, it's not a science book, but it's scientific. It's not a, it's not a, <clears throat> um, it just contains God's word and it contains God's history. And, and the longer the history of the Bible is studied, the more and more things show up in archaeology, proving that, it's, that it can be trusted, proving that it can be depended on. But we need to learn God's commandments by being in God's word. And then we need to keep them. We, we, 
we don't need to, we, we got to keep them, not lose them, not let them go. We need to keep these commandments. I, we see in, in, in Deuteronomy 6 and verse 2 that God is concerned that we will not lose these commandments generationally. That he wants these commandments passed on from generation to generation to generation. We see in, in Deuteronomy 6 and verse 2, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all these statutes and these commandments. I command thee, thou, that's you, and then your son, and then your son's sons, all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. God wants us to keep these commandments generationally. We also see there in chapter number 5 and verse number 1, God wants us to do them. He wants us to do his commandments. Do, it means obey. God wants us to obey his commandments. Learn them, keep them, don't lose them, and do them, obey them. Now look at chapter 6 and verse 4. He, God wants us to express our love for him by internalizing these commandments. God wants us to put them in our heart. See in verse 4, Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. God wants us to put these laws in our heart so that we will obey them with a glad heart, with a willing heart, with a submissive heart. God wants these God wants these commandments be coming out from our insides. Um, you know, he doesn't want us drug along. He wants us motivated from a heart of love. He wants us motivated from the inside out. God wants us to express our love to him. Lord, I'm going to obey you because I love you. I'm going to obey you because you're my savior. I'm going to obey you because you are the creator. I'm going to obey you because you are worthy to obey. It's an obedience from the heart that God wants. An obedience from the heart. And then we see here in, in Deuteronomy 6, 7, God wants us to teach his commandments to our children and to our grandchildren, to our great-grandchildren God wants us to teach his word. And, and, and it says here, he wants us to do it diligently. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. God wants you to be teaching 
God's word. We, we, we learn this term in parenting class. God wants us to be teaching our children his words in periods of non-conflict. And he doesn't just want us to be teaching um, what not to do. He wants us to teach them what to do. Um, how to love God. How to love our neighbors by the things we choose to do towards them and by the things we choose not to do towards them. Don't do all of your teaching when you're angry with your children or when they disappoint you or when they do something wrong. Yes, there is lots of correction in parenting, but let's be teaching them what is right from the word of God um, in times of non-conflict, when you're putting them to bed at night, um, family devotions at supper time, um, when, when you're getting them up in the morning, we should be reminding them about our wonderful God and teaching him his commandments. Nobody else in this society is going to teach your children about God. You've got to do the teaching. You've got to teach them, and you've got to teach them God's laws. And then um, we need to ensure that we don't forget them. Now, they did some very practical things here. It says in verse number eight, And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Oh, it would be a great idea to put scripture verses on our wall or to hang up the Ten Commandments. Or to hang up Joshua chapter 24 and verse 12. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We need to ensure that we don't forget the commandments of God. We are a forgetful people. And we're in a world that's just barraging us with so much information that is godless. We need to remind ourselves and we need to ensure that we don't forget God's commandments. And we see here in verses 10 through 17 that in times of prosperity, and folks, we live in times of prosperity, that we need to be extra diligent to keep the commandments of God. Notice verse 10. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt." From the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massa. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes, which he hath commanded thee. 
we need to be diligent. Diligent to obey God's commands. Diligent to learn God's commands. Diligent to keep God's commands. Um, we got to put effort into obeying the Lord. And I think something very beautiful about God's commandments is God wants them to be an opportunity to share your salvation testimony. To share your salvation testimony. Notice Deuteronomy 6 and verse 20. Let the way you live point people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, Notice what it says in verse 20. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? You know, if you set your heart on God's commandments and set your heart on God's laws and set your heart upon the teachings of Christ, and you live diligently by those teachings, guess what? The culture will be going this way, and you'll be going this way. Culture will be turning right and be turning to its left, and all sorts of sin and, 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 and godlessness involved in our culture. And guess what? The more you obey God, the more, and more, the, the more brighter your light will shine. And, and your children and people around you may ask, you know, why don't you do this? And why don't you do this? And why don't you partake in this entertainment? And why don't you go to these places? And why, why do you dress the way you dress? And um, why, uh, why do you believe in traditional values? And these questions will come from your children. These questions may come from relatives. And then we can proclaim. Verse number 21. Then shalt thou say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt. We were slaves in Egypt. We were slaves to sin. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders and great sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes, and he brought us up, no, brought us out from thence that he must bring that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swear unto our fathers. It's an opportunity to testify. You know, I live a different way. I follow a different command. I follow a different path. Because the Lord Jesus Christ saved me. And he freed me from Egypt. He freed me from the, 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 the dominance of sin in my life. He gave me a new life in Jesus Christ. And I owe it all to Jesus. And so, yes, I live different. I follow God's commands. And they're a reminder of the salvation that he freely gave me through the cross. Through the cross. I love, I love verse 24. I love verse 24. Let us not be weary in God's commandments, following God's teachings. Look at verse 24. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, 
for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. Oh, remember that every one of God's commandments is written with a pen of love. They are written not for his benefit, but they are written for our benefit. They're not written to be grievous, as the Bible says. And the Bible says God's commandments are not grievous. They were written for our blessing and for our benefit. And we can pursue them with our heart. We can, we, we can, we, we can, we can obey them as an expression of love from our heart, knowing that each one of these commandments is a beautiful gift from our Father for our good and for our benefit and for our blessing. Oh, there's no selfish motive in God's commandments. It's our privilege to obey them. They are our privilege um, to, to, to love with all of our heart. And so the law this morning, first of all, it's given to all of us as human beings to show us our sinfulness. The law was never given to us as a means to be saved. You can't seek after God's law as a means to be saved. Jesus is the only means to be saved. But we can seek after God's law as an expression of our love to God and as an expression to love other people, and they will bless our lives. They will be used as a testimony um, to point people to Jesus Christ. We need to be serious about learning God's laws and keeping God's laws and doing God's laws and, and giving them to the next generation so that they can keep those laws. God wants us to point people to Christ through the way we live. Point people to the gospel the one who changed your life. So let's, let's have, a, let's have a enthusiastic pursuit of God's laws, but not for salvation, but to, to glorify God in your family and in your world in which you live. Let's bow our heads this morning and close our eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and God's law has cut deep in your heart. And God's law has shown you this morning that you're a helpless sinner under God's judgment on your way to hell. And you, you, you sense that conviction in your heart. And you would like to be saved today. You would like to come to Christ and ask Jesus Christ to save you from your sin. If you sense that conviction in your heart and you'd like to come to Jesus today to be saved, would you just slip up your hand? Is there anyone like that today? The laws of God, they've, they've pointed out your sin and they're pointing you to Jesus Christ and you know you need to be saved today. Is there anyone like that? Christian, how about you? What is your attitude towards God's laws? If you haven't had a positive attitude towards God's laws, would you determine during this invitation to pursue God's laws 
as a way to express your love to him, as a way to honor him, as a way to receive the blessings of God in your life? Will you pursue them with all of your heart? Father, we pray that you would bless this invitation. And Lord, may each of us pursue your law with all of our heart. In Jesus' name.